You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler, I guess. You guess? Get back to it. Yeah. You claiming it? What was your other thing? King of questions. King King of questions. I'll be I'll be king of questions this week if you want. Well, I don't want that. You're not abdicating oh. your throne. Oh well, well then I'll be. Well, I guess that if I you am. want to do that. Well, no, you you can do it. Well, I'll we just ha- be salty about it. Is well, all. we well we have to have all three. Do we? And and always have. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm, that's been the the structure of the show from the very beginning. Yeah, I'm I'm Gordy. I'm either King of Questions or Crime Weaver, just depending on on Tyler's <laughs> mood. So I'll so I'll just do I'll just do whichever one is needed this week. Okay, that's great. I'm, I didn't really see any omens other than all the trees are bare. Is that new? Yeah. Is what that is new? I mean, they have been for a bit. How? When was the last time you were outside, Garmin? It's um, February, you know that, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I have been outside. I mean, here, they don't go bare quite so much as um, the old dead leaves cling to the trees for quite some time until the new ones shove them out. I would I would say that it that is sort of in the time scale that omens work on it, it just happened. <laughs> Which can be thousands of years. So... Who is that an omen for then? Uh, just Massachusetts, I guess. That's no, I mean, like, if it's on the scale of a thousand years, that's a lot of, like, you. That's ex- a lot of expectation on people to keep that going for you. Yeah, that's prophecy, isn't it? Though, I guess. One day, one day, one day, the guy will come, and he'll and he'll do something that's great. Just saying, it's kind of inconsiderate of whatever witch or fae made said prophecy. Like, you think so? What, what if it gets telephoned down the line a thousand years from now? Nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. Like the prophecy starts out as like the the king of America's firstborn donkey will <laughs> cause a cataclysm of immense proportions, and what we hear is. Like, QAnon shit is what it's become. Yeah. Is that what happened? Is QAnon it, just a, a game of telephoned prophecy from thousands of years ago? Uh, I think they made a lot of that up. <laughs> they didn't find an omen in real life. I think I think they have a particular agenda they're trying to uh, trying to work with. Speaking of particular agendas, we have oh. one on this show. Which is that I'm going to tell you a fairy tale whether you like it or not. Prove it. Here, all right, fine. I will. <laughs> uh, and this agenda also ties into uh, things said and telephoned over many years. Yeah. You're um, not wrong. Yeah, fo- maybe all folk tales are prophecy. We just That's don't concerning. understand them. <laughs> yeah, it- truly is because there was that one about the hedgehog boy with a bunch of pigs in the woods i don't know what the fuck that would prophesize prophecy take it from me yeah i I need to an expert prophecy is usually very literal (laughs) nine times out of ten just on just on its face i wouldn't i wouldn't look any deeper than a surface read for prophecy i see well, you are the the expert here, so I will defer to you. Yeah, yep, 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 definitely. All right, so this week uh, we are going to Sweden. 
So we're gonna. I be assume it's been a bit. I can't remember the last time. Probably. I don't know where we are in time or space at any given moment. Um, but at this week, it will be the time is Sweden and the space is Sweden. Sweden. Sweden has its own time. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be reading a story called The Barrel Bung. Barrel Bung? Yeah, B-U-N-G. Now, do they have the same concept of a bung that I do? Yeah. What is I'm... what is your bung concept? Uh, well, it's sort of Beavis and Butthead um, inspired, shall we say. Yeah, typically followed by a hole. Yeah, sort of the, the, the business end of a person or animal. <laughs> well, the bung is what would go into a hole. It now, comes out of the hole. Now that's interesting. Now, like on a barrel, you've got a hole for letting stuff out. And you've got the bung. I think on a barrel, like, you have a hole for letting stuff in. Is it a barrel o bung, or is it a well, bung barrel? Well, some some barrels have two holes, right? There's the big one for dumping the stuff, and then sometimes there's a little one. For You're getting t- some stuff out, the the mouth and the urethra. Sometimes they have three if a mayor is wearing it as clothing. That is true. <laughs> uh, but Always yeah, this, a possibility. Yes, this is the hole that a stowaway like you see their eyeball through as they're checking things out, and the bung is the thing that like goes into that hole to to plug it up. So this is the barrel bung. Uh, this is from the book Swedish Fairy Tales, as illustrated by John Bauer. Uh, didn't have an editor name on the uh, cover. And was Don't sent to need us, it. Sent to us by Marie de Floof in the format of Many Pictures on the Discord. Bringing me to my first major bookmark in my <laughs> Discord uh, suggestions pile, so I need to go make a new pile. Also... I'm only at 246 pages in this document of listener-suggested specifically stories, so I might have a few more, like a little bit more space before I run into the Google Docs limitation for word count, Uh, which, by the way, it has. Uh, You guys are familiar with the mare wearing a barrel trope, right? Uh, Vaguely, yeah. In storytelling, I feel like I've brought it up a couple times and nobody has ever said anything about it to me, so I just assume we're all on the same page. Uh, Would you like to explain the trope a little further? I'm looking at uh, a TV Tropes page about it now, because I I wasn't certain how ubiquitous it was. And, like, I don't know why I attribute it to mayors specifically, because it it is called the bankruptcy barrel, and it is really just any character who has lost all of their worldly possessions wears a barrel instead of clothing perhaps as a crime weaver you assume that all public authorities and especially those in positions of extreme power are the (laughs) are the only like wealthy people who would have a fall Uh, tv tropes suggests that it may come from a punishment for public drunkenness in germany and england where drunks had to wear a booze barrel that's fun. As as punishment or as a preventative? It says punishment. I don't know what the punishment is. It's a it's a crime like you, of fashion at that you point. You are booze now. <laughs> Think mm. about it. You are it's what you drink. How how European. <laughs> Alright. So thank you, Marie de Floof, for taking the photographs of this the story for us to then interpret and read for the masses. So, are you two ready? to learn about the barrel bung. Let's get in the bung. Get in the bung. For nearly five years now, the people of of the Bollinge Parish had suffered from famine. They'd been living on the milk from their cows, and now even that had run out. The cows are dry at both farms and crofts, and crofts are just like shared land farms. Like, not necessarily belonging to a a single person. Mm -hmm. The commons. Uh, It's time for a burger cookout, then. Yep. That'll get us a couple more weeks. Uh, So life was really hard for the parishioners, but at the manor house of the rich elderly Lady Skinflint, there was plenty. I wonder what her deal is. I I don't like her name. What's she known for? 
Well, I don't think this is a legal birth name because uh, it says she earned <laughs> that don't name say. by being mean and miserly. So that's just mm. that's just a cool nickname that she. Oh, I was hoping that she'd be magnanimous and generous. <laughs> uh, she had bought the manor house five years before, uh, which you may recognize as in time with the start of the famine. And she moved there with her tall, ugly daughter, whose face was so ugly, it was enough to scare you. <laughs> at, at night or in the day, too? All of it. Any like hour. Like, if I, if I saw is... her peeking in the window at, at high noon, I would still be creeped out. <laughs> she is yeah. a living jump scare. Yeah, you, you would have a fright. The new, the new creepypasta creature. This, this daughter, the tall, living jump scare. Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah, I don't think she gets a name, so she might as well be Jennifer. Jump scare Jenny. (laughs) Uh, The two of them had only four poor cows. Uh, Not like those rich cows that other people have. Uh, But they somehow had hundreds of cheeses, and they churned big tubs of thick butter to cart off and sell. So did did they do the famine? Is this what's being implied? Well, it's like as if all God's blessings had left the farms and the crofters' cottages and just gone to the manor house. So maybe mm. they're just like a a blessing magnet. It do be like that sometimes. Have you noticed? I have noticed. You it, get... it, yeah, okay. Like get... Some people just seem to get all of God's blessings somehow. Yeah, they Is... move And some of us place... don't get any of them. It's so strange. And all the Is... resources just go to them. That's is God's, so weird. Is God's blessings rich parents in this case, too? Because it usually <laughs> is. Yeah, I think that would count. It's probably not exclusively that, but yeah, that does factor. Uh, so the people in the the village were like, well, this sucks, and it isn't right. Uh, but they couldn't figure out how it had happened, and therefore how to do anything about it. Because ain't that just the way to... So, Star, the name of a splendid cow belonging to Wife Johnson, who lived in one of the crofts in the forest, one day gave only half a pint of milk. What's a typical amount for a cow to give? Um, I've only played uh, Harvest Moon. That's my entire interaction with cows is digital. <laughs> and they give milk every single fucking day, and I don't yeah. think that's right. Mine, Mine is... Mine is Stardew Valley, and it's either it's either large milk or regular milk, <laughs> in, of varying qualities. So yeah, I guess the quality is, definitely varies. I guess this is just like a small milk day, which means they need to be given hay and petted. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably true. It's not even iridium quality small milk. It's just a silver. <laughs> yeah, Stardew is my primary interaction with cows, other than the one time that I was chased by them on my cousin's farm. Uh, which did not give me a lot of insight into their milk production, and I think that they were not dairy cows to begin with, so I don't know. Did you uh, deserve to be chased? I mean, I was a child, so probably. Mm, I see. This is sort of like a, a American running of the bulls. Yeah. Uh, so, Jerker Johnson, the eldest son of wife Johnson, Jerker who doesn't Johnson. matter. Uh, Jerker. Jerker Johnson? Jerker Johnson, that is his birth name. Jerker Johnson and Jenny Jumpscare. <laughs> it's, yeah, we got a we got a good alliterative uh, cast and the, here. And the wife is Mrs. Skinny Skinny Flint's skin La- fucker? Lady, what is it? <laughs> Lady Skin Flint, and I don't yeah, believe Lady she's skin married. Fucker. Um, so Jerker Johnson, the elder son of Wife Johnson, decided that matters had gone far enough. He had worked hard to get this cow to regular iridium large milk quantities, and now he's not going to have anything for the, uh, I forget the name of the, like, the showcase (laughs) thing that happens in Stardew. Stardew Valley Fair. Yeah. He's going to lose to Pierre, and Pierre's going to be very smug. He jerked the shit out of those udders. He did. he got nothing. He earned his name. And he earned good milk until this day, so Matters has gone far enough, and he's going to get to the bottom of this bullshit. It's Uh, about damn time, Jerker Johnson. So Jerker has a plan. That is a foolproof plan. Does it it involve jerking? 
not of not exactly. a human neck. No. Oh. Uh, that evening when he went to bed, Jerker did not bother to blow out his candle, but instead placed it close to the wood shavings on his workbench so that the shavings would definitely catch fire when the candle burned down. Oh, shit. So Arson. plan is insurance fraud. <laughs> <laughs> he knew that if the Tomte, or goblin, who looked after the house was still around, he would show up and blow out the candle. So he's taking a real gamble. <laughs> Unlike humans, goblins don't like burning to death. <laughs> uh, Jerker had almost given up hope and was just reaching to out to put out the candle himself when a little Tomta in his gray smock and red tasseled cap tiptoed from one corner of the room and with two fingers pinched the burning wick and snuffed out the flame. And thus the plan is in motion. Yes. Jerker jumped from his bed, and he bowed to the Tomta, who he could see very clearly in the moonlight, and he says, Good evening. I thought you had moved to the manor house, since all blessings seem to have left us and gone to them. You're not doing your job, buddy. Uh, the Tomta looked solemn, and he stroked his long beard, and he says, Well, it's not my fault. Take it up with God. <laughs> so Jerker asks, Whose is it, then? And the Tomta eyed him doubtfully, and then stood on tiptoe and whispered in Jerker's ear, If you can get yourself hired as a farmhand over there, and do well enough to be allowed to look in their storeroom, then maybe you'll find out what's wrong. Uh, then quick as a mouse, he darted back into the corner, and presumably did Goblin Disappearing Act. So we got a conspiracy on our hands. Yeah. Uh, which I think we should put a pin in and definitely come back to. Okay, uh, the story's not going to follow up on that at all? <laughs> no, 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 that's our oh. job. Okay. Uh, so Jerker got up at dawn the next morning, told his mom he's going to go out into the world and find work as a farmhand, and took all his Sunday clothes tied across his shoulders uh, into town. Like a cape. Yeah. Like a long cape dragging behind him. Yeah, so uh, so one of the conventions I go to, uh, JordanCon, they have a, a real big thing with those little badge ribbons you like tape to the bottom of a, a convention badge mm -hmm. and i need to order some actually for it but like everyone gives out badges to each other and there are kids who wear like blankets of these ribbons like a cape so it's it's very much <laughs> like that um uh, so when he gets to town, he sells all of the fine clothes in exchange for some soft rye cakes with plenty of butter and a few fine sausages, and he stuffed these in his pockets because it's a good idea to bring some food to the manor house of Lady Skinflint, because uh, she's probably not going to give you enough to eat. Oh, not as a gift? No. I was going to say, a... she's probably good. No, this is survival <laughs> rations. That's wise. So he set out for the manor house, and he knocked on the kitchen door, and a squeaky voice called out for him to come in. So Jerker enters to see an old manservant who was the only help in the entire house, and he was so frail and miserable that he could not get work anywhere else. No one else wanted him. Um, he was currently eating his dinner, which was a meal of potatoes and some well water. Like, that's when you need to become a consultant. <laughs> a servant consultant i don't know if that is such a thing but surely someone someone there just has to like know what's going on if you're charismatic enough you can create your own position that's true. true uh so jerker asked if the manor house needed a farmhand and the old servant responded with a loud guffaw because he couldn't imagine anyone wanting to work here so he says, well, they wouldn't... Bitch, do you see what I'm eating right now? <laughs> My pay is shit. Where'd you come from? My pay is a potato. A week. <laughs> uh, so he says, they wouldn't want you. Even I seem expensive to them. And again, potato. <laughs> so Jerker says, well, what if you became ill? <laughs> Are you threatening me? <laughs> he says, I don't say it. Then I would starve to death. We don't get sick leave. If I don't work, we don't, we I don't, don't get, get potato. sick potatoes. 
So Jerker pulled forth a sausage and a rye cake and he held them out to the old man. And the old man's like, oh shit, I'm in paradise now. <laughs> Fuck, did I die? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, is that where PTO comes from? I'm thinking. Sausages? It's just like a, a shortening of potato. Potato to order. <laughs> That's the full yeah. title. Yeah, so uh, Jerker says, go pretend to be ill and you'll have more to eat if I get the job. So the old man obeyed him at once, like, shit, yeah. And he crawls to a corner <laughs> near the fire, pulls a quilt over his head, made himself very comfortable, and began to chew on his sausage and rye cake. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is very also good. how I like to end a work day. <laughs> That's a bet I'm willing to take. That's how I like to spend my work days if I can. Yeah. Uh, so Jerker hid outside. It's a good eight hours, yeah. I do spend a lot of my work day under the uh, the blanket. Uh, so Jerker hid outside near a corner of the house, and he didn't have to wait long before he heard a terrible noise coming from the kitchen. Old Lady Skinflint and her scarecrow daughter had just come into the kitchen, and they were quarreling with the old man for being idle. The two of them shouted and howled worse than seven dogs fighting eleven cats specifically. You think Jenny could give anybody a heart attack just by playing peekaboo? Oh boy, yeah, you gotta be careful. Especially if that object permanence isn't <laughs> isn't uh, quite quite there yet, because you would just see something horrible come into existence and have to deal with <laughs> the the fact that God would let this into the world every time you see her. And it just keeps ha- like it disappears and just keeps coming back, shouting nonsense at you. Because peekaboo doesn't make any sense as a phrase. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Look, it's all it's all Eldrick, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, all, it all adds to the experience. There's peekaboo this... is what we can pronounce of it. Yeah. It has a much longer term that we just cannot comprehend. So right in the midst of the upheaval, Jerker knocked on the kitchen door a second time and asked, Does the gracious lady of the manor house need a farmhand? The uh, gracious lady of the manor house shrieks and shakes a poker at him and says, No! Get out! Get out of here! (laughs) Then her daughter, jump-scare Jenny, tugs at her skirt and argues that they could use someone to make up for the old man's illness for a few days. So, after a little bit of back and forth, he's allowed to stay. You get half a potato. His primary job, it says the first job, but it's also the only job uh, that he's told to do, was to carry cheese from the storeroom to the larder outside. The cheeses were very big and heavy, and there were so many of them, it seemed like the manor house had a hundred cows instead of four shitty ones. Is it all the same cheese, or is it different cheeses? Uh, I was picturing, like, Skyrim cheeses. Yeah, the wheels of cheese. (laughs) Yeah, that you can, like, glitch out the game with. (laughs) Um, he didn't think, they didn't. Uh, oh no, you shouldn't think for a moment that Jerker was allowed to set foot inside the storeroom, so don't get any ideas. The daughter would bring out every cheese and hand it to him on the front porch, and she was so careful about the storeroom that he didn't even get to take a peep inside the door. I, I don't love hearing the Jerker. <laughs> it's Batman's greatest foe. <laughs> <laughs> a, a Jerker of cows and a Jerker of men. <laughs> Of, of meats in general, the one thing a bat cannot tolerate. <laughs> meats? Is a, a spicy, a spicy jerked meat. I don't know how you jerk a meat. I got some jerk seasoning and I have not it, used, so I clearly it, also don't know how to jerk a meat. It can, it can be done. I could, I could not tell you how or why you would do it. Uh, So one cheese she handed Jerker, he pretended to drop on his foot, and then he jumped around on one leg, howling with pain. The daughter had to come out and ask what was hurting him, and in the confusion she left the storeroom door unguarded. So Jerker himself grabbed it, and he leaned against it as if to steady himself, and as he did so, he quickly poked a stick into the lock, then broke it off so it was securely wedged there. Very sneaky. Yeah. Jerker has some uh, rogue training. Yeah. That was a good roll. Yeah, he, he rolled deception and lockpicking, I guess. Uh, then he put his foot down and he said, Oh, I'm better now, and carried the cheese away. 
Uh, when he returned, the old woman and her daughter were both standing there poking and prodding the lock, and they were both purple in the face from trying to shut the door. Now, does it does it push or pull, and which are they trying to do? I assume since he le- leaned against it that it pulls. Or does um, it do both? They, ju- they just can't get it to latch, and they both have really high blood pressure. Uh, so Jerker offered to help with the lock, but they refused, so the lock had to stay broken until the next day when Lady Skinflint herself could go to the country store and buy another. For the rest of the day, uh, Skinflint and Jump Scare Jenny took turns guarding the door, and they didn't leave until evening when they sent Jerker to the hayloft for the night. He lay dozing for a while, and then he got up and crept down again. He listened intently, circling the manor house, and found that the two women, who he had believed were sound asleep, were instead in the dining room having supper. So, quick as an eel, he went into the hall, opened the still-unlocked storeroom door, and glided in without a sound. Super rogue traits. (laughs) Uh, It's still fairly light, so he could see in there, but there was nothing stranger than some cheeses and milk buckets on all of the shelves. Suddenly, he heard the dining room door open, and afraid of being discovered, he left behind a couple apple barrels and lay on his stomach on the floor. He just managed to hide himself when old lady Skinflint and her tall daughter, tall ugly daughter, sorry, came in, holding candles in their hands. The old woman... Just really, really exacerbating the ugliness. Yeah, it does want us the to, harsh lighting. Re- to remember at all times that Jump Scare Jenny is frighteningly terrible to look at truly despicable uh the old woman set her candle down and began to dig in her pocket and she pulled out a big barrel stopper called a bung and she wedged it into a hole in the wall the jerker had if not you say that's before. what it's called that's, that's what it's called it's a bung the bung hole is in which whence it goes uh, in, this, in this case it's a glory hole in the wall then Lady Skinflint found a milking stool and sat down on it with a milk pail between her knees, just under the bung. She began to pat the bung and cry like someone calling cows in for milking. Come, boss, come, Brindle Bell, come, all you cows. <laughs> Which one will you milk first today? asked Jump Scare Jenny. Oh, I think I'll have the parish clerk's bean. Come, bean, come, bean, come, bean, she clucked. And Jerker watched as a big cow's udder swelled from the bung in the wall. Oh, that is unpleasant. <laughs> I think this that this may be the most body horror we've ever written <laughs> or read on this show. It's like a water balloon filling with seltzer. <laughs> like um, a clown is on the other side of the wall. <laughs> The woman took a firm grip of it and sang, Cow of gold, cow of gold, give us as much milk as the pail will hold. Uh, So this is, of course, successful. She milks the udder sticking out of the wall, and then she repeats this with other townsfolk cows' names. And she gets to uh, Jerker's cow, Star, and he gets angry. And so before she can begin her song, he sticks his head out and cries, Cow of gold, cow of gold, uh, knock the hag out, knock her cold. So this time, instead of an udder ballooning from the bung, a cow's leg shot forth from it and kicked the (laughs) hag solidly. Is this a cartoon? Yes. (laughs) It is 100% a cartoon. Is this a Tex Avery? Uh, The daughter came running and she got a kick too. Delightedly, he repeats his song. And the two of them just keep getting kicked by (laughs) by a cow leg sticking out of the wall. That's good, clean fun. You villain! You rogue! Are you trying to kill us? Cried old lady Skinflint. Uh, Jerker didn't pay any attention to that, just letting the cow kicks keep coming, so she pivots to a new strategy and says, Dear sweet, good Mr. Crofter Jerker, don't sing anymore and we will (laughs) give you anything you want. That's more like it, said Jerker, and he stopped singing. The cow's leg became a bung once more, and quickly Jerker took the bung from the wall and held it. Bring me all the gold you have earned by milking the village cows, and I shall temper justice with mercy. 
So no matter how the two of them begged, he wouldn't listen until they had brought out almost all the gold and silver they had, filling a sack so big and heavy he could scarcely lift it. The old hag asked for her bung back, and he says, No, this is mine. (laughs) I'll be keeping the bung, thank you. Then he wakes up the old man's servant and asks for help carrying the sack, and all night long the two of them struggled and strained to get it to the village. In the morning, Jerker had the church bells rung, and when the villagers came running, wondering what happened, he opened his sack and all the gold and silver spilled out. Uh, They divided it fairly among all those whose cow's mean old lady skin flint had thievishly milked. And when everyone had received his fair share, they each gave a tenth part to Jerker, and thanks for his efforts in getting it back. And this amounted to so much that he could afford to buy his own farm, marry the girl he liked, and take on the old manservant as as help. I'm glad he didn't forget about his old buddy. Yeah. Or the girl. Potato, Potato Paul. Or the, or the off-screen girl of his dreams. He is kind of the Samwise Gamgee of the, the folktale heroes we've read. Yeah. <laughs> like, kind of steadfast and competent. So I'm glad he got his Rosie. Uh, from then on, Peace and Joy returned to the parish, but not to Lady Skinflint and Jump Scare Jenny. They became poorer and poorer because this was their one trick. And because they're evil and we don't like them. Yeah. Uh, and the bung was burned in a big bonfire, and everybody watched to make sure it would never harm them or anyone else in the world ever again. Burn the bung! And that is the end of the barrel bung. I mean, definitively, yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't typically get quite as definitive an end. Burned alive, but in the last scene... Something <laughs> stirs from the ashes. Oh shit! The new, the new hardier bung, fire-resistant <laughs> bung. It evolved. Hyper-intelligent bung. <laughs> bung, but it has a face now. <laughs> it's developed a human face and language, <laughs> and hate, <laughs> and, and fear, feel, of fire. and feelings mostly hate. <laughs> Uh, so, first first thoughts, aside from the, the Bung sequel, post credit sequence. First thought, Bung is still a funny word. It will be forever. Definitely yes. funny. Leave, just leave them alone. Leave holes alone. <laughs> don't, don't stick stuff into holes. Don't take stuff out of holes. I would call that the moral. Just leave them alone. <laughs> That's honestly a pretty good moral for most of these stories. Don't mess mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> just, if you don't understand it, just leave it be. A good moral is knowing when enough is enough. Don't take more than you need, or you're going to get your bung stolen. Yeah, if you're going to steal from a bunch of cows, just like skim a little bit off the top. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You don't want it to be noticeable. Yeah. That was your downfall. Uh, So we put a pin in the whole... uh, goblin conspiracy theory situation so let's return to that yeah uh what (laughs) all right so my read on this is like old lady skinflint had received some blessing in her youth right because we we get a lot of heroes that get um some kind of magical object that just pulls material from somewhere yeah and pours it into their laps yeah so my thinking is and rarely do we ever hear about that like many years later right like how things are going right so my thinking is like old lady skinflint uh was one of those younger heroines who got one of these gifts and then it went to her head over the years uh, maybe after the death of the father of Jump Scare Jenny or, or something. Um, <laughs> Which, if we put a brief pause, <clears throat> we can assume that it was caused by this ugly baby, right? Yeah, that's the heart attack that was referenced <laughs> earlier in the show. Sure. <laughs> witnessed the birth of his ugly child and died on the spot. Which is, like, if if he was royalty, as is often the case in those, we've got a, a fancy 
gift thing uh, from some kind of fairy-like creature. Um, like one of the the rules of royalty seems to be hottest that ever lived, and when he saw that his daughter was a jump scare, it's uh, just like knowing that she's not going to be the protagonist of anything. And also royalty's uh, extreme emotional reactions to any kind of minor disappointment could result in a, a heart attack for sure. Do you think that that was a prophecy that was ignored? Uh, quite possibly. Or it could just be random, like, just random gene nonsense. <laughs> well, that doesn't exist in fairy times. <laughs> Not that they know. Random nonsense? Genetic nonsense, specifically. Genet- weren't, yeah, was, genes was not invented yet. We, the denim or otherwise. We didn't invent genes until we killed all the myths. Genes were the replacement for myths. Yeah. The, the death of myths left a hole in our hearts that uh, uh, Helix filled. <laughs> the universe still needed some kind of structure to it. So my thinking is like this goblin knows about whatever previous gift situation had happened and is not really allowed to to say or do anything about it due to probably some obscure fairy law but it's fucking with his whole situation now that it's like (laughs) come into his territory yeah it's not ideal for anyone right like maybe maybe it's not even that he's not allowed to say anything about it he just doesn't want it to come back to him yeah he doesn't want he doesn't want anyone to know that he was involved in any way because that would just be an, an additional hassle. Right. He just wants to do his job and keep a house from burning down. Yeah. And it's it's also been um, probably real annoying to him that like all his good work is getting ignored because everyone is, is too hungry to pay it's attention miserable. to yeah to how, how good a job he's doing in this cottage. Like, your kitchen's floor is spotless. And that's not just because you have no food to mess it up. I did that. <laughs> Though it has helped, thank you. It has been much easier to clean around here. <laughs> thank you for starving, but also appreciate me. So I just, I do like the idea of like this underground fairy network of information that he is privy to. <laughs> like he, he knows, he knows when that bung came into the parish. Knew exactly what's up. Fairies can smell bung a mile away. That's for sure true. All in all, it's a pretty solid story. I mean, yeah, when a story has the foresight to give a definitive conclusion, that is evidence that even a little bit of thought went into it. And usually that's all it takes. (laughs) Just that mild, mild sprinkling of thought. Yeah. Like, our character got a name. Everyone but uh, Jump Scare Jenny and the old manservant got a name. Including many cows and a goblin and a goblin well the goblin didn't get a name Tompta is just the word for it oh it could be his name just a classification yeah it could be like a pokemon (laughs) so all he says is Tompta but then he whispers like hey actually listen up just like all pokemon yeah yeah they gotta keep up the ruse but it's it's an act Pikachu whispers dark things to ash <laughs> that no Meowth one is the only hear. one who isn't a fucking coward <laughs> he's the only one brave enough to just be outright with it mouth is <laughs> the pokemon truther <laughs> ash is basically is it son of sam <laughs> <laughs> who is the guy who like heard a voice who told him to do stuff from his dog isn't that a serial killer yeah, yeah. was it was it the dog yeah, it was a dog. Um, was it Son of Sam? I believe so. Yes. Demon manifested in the form of a dog belonging to his neighbor. Okay, yep. Quick, quick, quick research <laughs> uh, added on that one. It was Son of Sam. Ash's Son of Sam. Just pretend, <laughs> pretend like that was, just pretend like there was no doubt. Yeah. In which serial killer I was referencing. Just a smooth reference. This is the second time in, in as many weeks that we have become a true crime podcast. <laughs> I don't want emails telling us we got stuff wrong. <laughs> I, wa- I want to be able to get things wrong without ever knowing. Yeah. Does that, does that make us true crime? 
Because we did reference a true crime. We did, yeah. Yeah, I think... Well, uh, we, we referenced a fictional true crime. Does that... We, we referenced a real one, too. We just tied it into a fictional yeah, one. Son, yeah, son, <laughs> son of Sam. That was a real crime. So, that's, so that means we could um, be submitted for, like, true crime podcast awards. Yeah, <laughs> all of those that exist. There's there's for sure podcast awards for true crime stuff. Oh, yeah. There, I'm sure there are podcast um, awards that we're legitimately eligible for, but we don't look for I them. Bet, I bet if we did a, a tight 60 seconds on the Super Bowl tonight, we could probably be submitted <laughs> for some sports podcast awards, too. Should we say Son of Sam a couple more times just to, like, really clinch it? They All these awards are done by algorithm now. <laughs> and they ju- they just scan the audio and it see who just says it the most. So I bet if we if we could just uh, if we could just layer in one of us repeating "Son of Sam" kind of underneath the audio, just kind of <laughs> keyword stuff. Humans, humans, you probably won't even hear it, but the, but the computer will, and that's and just, that's the point. Just, just know that it's there. We're gonna whisper to a computer like that demon dog did to Son of <laughs> Sam. Was that the guy? Was the is the guy son of Sam or is the dog? I, I don't know the what son, son of, of Sam. S- I, like I don't know what son of Sam refers to because the guy is David Berkowitz, right? Also known as son of Sam. Yeah, uh, I don't know where that part comes from. His I'm not neighbor, familiar enough with the story. His neighbor's name is or was Sam. Uh, I don't know what the son part. Is he what's was, the dog's name? He was adopted by someone named Nathan, so no go there. Uh, is there a genre of true crime podcast where we could just sort of learn about very famous true crimes for the first time <laughs> on air <laughs> instead of instead of bringing people new and obscure ones that don't have an ending? Is that is that good? Where we can just sort of look up like the ones that everybody knows and was like, "Wow, this son of Sam guy seems like." <laughs> like a real piece of work you heard about this did you did you know about this happened listen i wasn't alive in 1977 so this is my first time hearing about it i don't know if we're better at catching or finding serial killers now or if like like what happened in the 70s because there's a lot of them in that era like are you saying in the world? Because a lot, I think. I mean, yeah. what what was going on in the seventies that made it like in in the U.S. It's like such a breeding ground for serial killers? Like, did we just like not know how to find them yet, and we didn't like know about DNA and blood and forensics? Oh, I think very some much. of that, yeah. Like the the DNA stuff hadn't really come into play yet. Um, so like know. if we so like like do they just not get the chance to be serial killers? They just kind of do the one, and then we get them a lot of the time. I feel like this so would take a lot more research to I'm answer. Not, see, with, this is with this is knowledge. what I'm not willing. This is what I'm not willing to do. <laughs> this my, is where we hit the wall. My this guess is, is like, this is going to keep us from that award because I am willing to speculate, but I'm not willing to look it up. <laughs> All right, wild speculation that there was just kind of a perfect storm of a lot of things happening. Um, yeah, where like transportation and and mobility was a lot more achievable by average people in the seventies, like highways and stuff were being built, so you can you can like travel a little bit more and get around, which helps to prevent the getting caught thing. You know, it's definitely the time of latchkey kids, like more mm-hmm. parent like both parents working more frequently, uh, and kids like hanging out at home in the seventies and eighties. So it was like before anxious parenting had come into play, but after there was always guaranteed somebody to be home. I think it was the rock and roll. Ah. Uh. We can't ignore <laughs> not, it as a factor. Not to not to not to detract from your well thought out theory. I, I think I think it was just <laughs> that that Led Zeppelin did it to the kids. It was just really loud music and and the adults that were killing people, not just kids. All those backwards records people were listening to. We don't we don't have enough uh, satanic panic on this show. I, f- I feel <laughs> like we should maybe cater to that crowd a little bit more. The panic. I thought you were about to say in this country, and um, no, we've had quite was... a lot of this country. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to let you know that it is starting to come back around again. It seems. Is it? 
Oh, that's, that's, we need more of the, like, random panic-driven nonsense. About, about what this time? Uh, the Grammys. What? What? Excuse me? I, I have no idea what happened at the Grammys this year. There was a Uh, recession in the 70s that might have contributed to it, too. Sorry. Tell us about Satan and the Grammys. Well, that's literally all it is, (laughs) is that... Uh, a performer, Sam Smith, I'm not familiar with their music, never heard the song, but played a song called Unholy and uh, kind of dressed up as like a spirit Halloween Satan, and people are real up in arms about it and what oh. it's doing to the kids. Oh, people got mad about um, Lil Nas X's song where he like slides down a pole into hell or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like that music video is delight like incredibly shot just just <laughs> um, a gorgeous music vi- music video i didn't watch it it's worth watching that's one of those songs like this is america where i'm not going to ever listen to it without the music video component because the music video is really really good and the the music itself is not in my typical range of movie soundtracks listenings but like when paired with the visuals is is just an experience worth having mm-hmm I posted an image for you guys to see, but do look with your own discretion because it is the face of evil. Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Plaguing our nation. Is that a top oh. hat with horns? Yes. Who, who That's the, the raddest top hat I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, added... Carmen, you're falling for it. Who added the emblem? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I do appreciate the mix of the Art Deco esque font with the. Uh, 90s PowerPoint, um, like they really, word yeah, they shapes. really like jazzed up that that text. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting font too. I don't know if they were trying to detract from the image or add to it with that wording, but there's fire in the background, guys. It's lit in red. It's lit in red lights. That's where devils live. Yeah, down in the red. <laughs> that part of the color spectrum that's where they come that's, from that's that's the dog that talked to son of sam that guy <laughs> this man in he's his back top hat. how did we get here what were we talking about serial killers yeah but how did we get there um i don't i don't know was there a, was there a dog in this story no no <laughs> uh we were we had uh, we decided that the goblin was I a, a Pokemon, I, and the Ash yeah. oh, was yeah, son yeah, of yeah, Sam, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that led to the. <laughs> I stand by that. The satanic panic <laughs> of the Grammys, and I think all of this is a sign that we are done. Yeah, man, we truly can never know what is going to make us spiral out of control, huh? Yep, um, but like, good stories we had its body horror had, <laughs> like. Again, a very competent hero who he didn't get magical aid with anyone. He just planned things out. Like he he got information from the goblin, but that's it. Like the goblin just gave him a a tip. No no gifts, no secrets. Just like go get a job there and look in this place and that's it. And he planned out every aspect of this. He could improvise. Um, he was bold when he needed to, making up a song off the top of his head to kick an old lady. Um, <laughs> he, he, like, remembers the people who helped him. He got his Sam and Rosie finish. So, I think, like, 10 out of 10. This <laughs> I think, I think Can't someone, say better than that. someone could adapt this into a modern... A low-budget horror movie where it's just a room with a terrible hole in the wall that stuff comes out of and jump scare Jenny. That's like it's like it's like Saw, except you have to exchange parts of your own meat with what comes out of the wall to the bunghole to in and out to be returned to you later in a horrible form. I think the bunghole is a pretty good title for said horror movie too. And that's and that's. And that's the whole movie. Uh, so thank you to Marie de Floof for um, for sending us the barrel bung. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know how when you're rock climbing, it is wise to have a spotter uh-huh. for you? Yeah. Like someone holding the rope? Yeah, yeah. Sure. 
Um, I feel like on this show, we constantly think each other are holding the rope, and then we find ourselves in pits with the rope at the bottom with us. <laughs> like, I was certain that Carmen was holding the rope, and then we went down the satanic panic hole. <laughs> Look, by the time we got there, my job was done. I had delivered the story. <laughs> I had delivered my conspiracy theory analysis of the story. Um like at that point it's in your hands and god's hands and i i've washed mine of it <laughs> i i wait for you to to reach the point where you are done talking to me and then i list <laughs> patreon names and then i'm out <laughs> but but important that you are in the hole with us yeah i am in the hole i do get dragged down with you because we were like tied together at some point in this uh the process yeah. And I have not figured out the knots yet. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm down in the satanic panic hole with you two. But I claim no responsibility for it, nor guilt for us being there. At some point, someone else has to be in charge of the rope. <laughs> uh, so, now that you two are have reached the point where there are long pauses, so I assume you're finished talking to me. Um, thank I you. guess I can be. <laughs> I'm about to hit my word count for the day, and after that, you got to talk to the union. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm going to take the rope again, um, and uh, thank all of our patrons for sponsoring the show and for keeping a lively Discord. Um, thank you to our top tier patrons: Five Headed Snake God, Allison, Frog Whisperer, Lucky, Lord of Dragons, Biblio Princess, Heirius, Midori, Becca, Lobster No Longer, the New and Improved Haley, the Cheese Fairy Cometh. Cobbler's Got a Cobble, Awkward, Project Birdfall Informant, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spag Ghost Coast to Coast, I've used this one before, but I like it the most, Caitlin, A Haunted Combination Taco Bell and Pizza Hut, Your Girl Olwyn, Allie, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, Versus, Keeper of Too Many OCs, Pyrus, Nathan the Scott, Millipedish, High Listus of Wimbus, Carmen's Mortal Anemone Enemy, <laughs> Haley Prime, Justin, Lily is reminding you of the Book of Doug stitch-along starting February 14th, uh, which, uh, nope, this would not be today <laughs> if we were releasing this. That was last week. Whoops. Uh, Izzy and Jenna, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore. That's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.